You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we've got everyone involved with the Yankees in any capacity over the past 48 hours, speaking out and making it seem like DJ LeMahieu will be back. So why isn't he back, and why is the team $25 million away from his next contract at the very least? I don't know. These feel incongruous to me. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Aaron Boone's comments from Tuesday where he sort of kept the door open for Giancarlo Stanton's return to the outfield, which would be a big help to everybody. The Super 2s came out. Miguel Andujar came up on the short end. We're going to talk about that. And the Pittsburgh Pirates trade conversations that are dissolving in front of our eyes. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do pick up your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. Uh, if we didn't make it clear earlier how much time we have this offseason for mailbag questions, it should be painfully obvious by now because 48 hours go by and nothing changes. Uh, Thomas, what's going on? And uh, we were pretty pessimistic about the LeMahieu stuff on Monday just because of the shocking numbers. Are you a little more optimistic now, but are, are you also just more frustrated because why don't we have a resolution here? Yeah, I'm a little bit of everything, you know, sitting here waiting for the snow to come. Can't wait for everyone to raid the supermarket. Oh, so yeah. There's no, yeah, there's yeah, going to be no pod out as like 18 inches of snow dumps on the tri-state <laughs> area. So there'll be no fucking beans or paper towels left in the supermarket. So if you're a bean guy or, you know, you like to maybe wipe your butt after you go to the bathroom or use some paper towels in the kitchen, I suggest getting to the supermarket quickly. You should be the first be, items to go. Yeah. You shouldn't be a bean guy if you're not also the second thing that you said. It, it, like, so if, if you can't a, get toilet paper, yeah. you probably shouldn't get the beans. Yeah. That's don't coming. buy either both or none. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, while we sit here, get some, get some Christmassy weather, start getting optimistic. You know, I'm feeling a little bit of everything. Am I a little bit worried that talks have not really progressed? 
to the point where DJ is going to go seek other offers eh, a little bit, just because I don't, I don't want to leave it up to chance. I don't trust what other teams are going to do. I could see the Blue Jays splurging. You could theoretically see the Dodgers doing the same if they don't know if Corey Seager is a long-term option for them. Remember, he is a Boris client. Boris clients typically don't sign contract extensions unless they're mammoth. And the Dodgers might not want to jump the gun and do that right now. He's in his final year of arbitration eligibility. So we don't know what we're looking at. The Dodgers could look to maybe sign LeMahieu, put him at second, get Gavin Lux, throw him at short, uh, move him from second, and then maybe you bring back Justin Turner and then you don't really miss a beat in the infield. So I don't know. A lot of things. However, you also have to consider the fact that the Yankees at this point had an exclusive negotiating window with DJ, which means they were pretty much negotiating against themselves, which would kind of make it bad business to give into DJ's demands in that window because you're not seeing how the market has developed. And the good news here is that we pretty much know we haven't been told by anybody aside from reporters. We, so we don't know it's official, but we, we do pretty much know that DJ is going to come back to the Yankees and be like, look, the Dodgers offered me, you know, five for 90 or five for a hundred. And then the Yankees would be like, okay, that's what we have to do. And we'll do it. If they, if they, if he does that and comes back to the Yankees and the Yankees say, nope, enjoy it. Then that's when we can get mad at the Yankees and call them a bunch of schmucks for, you know, not ponying it up an extra $15 million for the guy who's been their MVP the last two seasons. But I think at the end of the day, it's been a little bit um, alarming because we see this. I think the, I think the $25 million gap headline is a little bit misleading because that's just what DJ wants. And here's what the Yankees are going to offer. And then there's no other offers to kind of base it around. If there were other offers on the table and it was, Oh, the Yankees are still 20 million apart. Then it's like, okay, shit. But here it's, Brian Cashman negotiating against himself with DJ LeMahieu. And it's not good business to just give in to the other person's demands. This is a negotiation. Both sides have to make concessions. And I think that we're, we should be a little bit alarmed and a little bit upset that this hasn't really gone through. I don't know who's being more stubborn here. I don't think we're ever going to find that out, but I think we could take solace in the fact that roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash transit app. We're letting the market develop. We'll see what happens. DJ is going to come back to us and then we can fully come, you know, go scorched earth on the Yankees if they don't match an offer that's in the range that he wants that he gets from another team. I mean, what we really learned is that after the golf emerged and everybody freaked out, including us uh, on the morning of, you know, that Monday when everybody was sort of buzzing about the Sunday report that said they're 25 million apart or whatever, everybody who had the chance to correct the record on Monday and Tuesday, who's affiliated with the team and plugged in did in a major way. Yes. Network did their hot stove show Monday night, which is a pretty prime opportunity for a guy like Jack Curry to say something like, yeah, those reports that you're seeing, I mean, yeah, those are actually pretty scary. Like, I think the situation is different this week than it was last week. Like, you know, he, he had sort of a prime opportunity. Every, at, at the start of every Hot Stove show, they give him basically two minutes just to, like, pontificate on the state of the world at large. And he always feels like the most plugged-in Yankees reporter. Um, and, you know, they, they gave him the platform yet again. 
and we're sort of like, has anything changed in the DJ LeMahieu stuff? And he goes, you know, DJ will be – we odds are he'll be a Yankee. I'm still confident. You know, the teams are working things out. Like, he acted like nothing was different. Uh, and then Aaron Boone came out during his sort of big interview on, on Tuesday and just went off about what an MVP LeMahieu was and how, you know, hopefully at the end of the day he's the best player. You know, you, you, you hope to get a guy like that and really, you know, what you see and then also in the locker room what you don't see. Um, and at the end of this, we really hope, you know, DJ is going to be a Yankee for a really long time. And like, if you say, if you're saying that at this point in the off season and you don't intend to bring him back or at least give him a full force offer, like that's malpractice. Although again, you know, we've called, I guess Boone said nothing was wrong with Aaron judge last year. And then he missed like a month and a half, uh, which would indicate something was wrong with him. I don't know how you judge what's wrong with people and what's not wrong with people. Um, but coming out at this point in the offseason and basically saying, like, we've heard he's our top priority from a bunch of random, like, anonymous Twitter accounts. But for Aaron Boone to say, you know, we hope at the end of this, uh, you know, the goal is for G.J. LeMahieu to be a Yankee for a long, long time. And then to not make a powerful enough offer to make that happen would be even more embarrassing than just letting him go in the first place. Um, I, I sort of keep coming back to uh, – it. We, we see this in negotiations a lot when – you know, people aren't allowed to spill the beans. Insiders with knowledge aren't allowed to straight up, you know, you, you ruin the intrigue if you just straight up say, like, he's pretty close to a deal and these are the contract figures. So you just see them float the same contract number in different packages over and over and over again until it becomes really obvious that that actually just is what's on the table. Like, they're not speculating anymore. And for DJ, it's that four years, $88 million thing with the 50-year option which you see everyone tweet over the last 48 hours. Like Curry's like, if I had to put a finger on it, I would say, you know, you go from like 475 to maybe something like, I don't know, just off the top of my head, 488 with his fifth year option. Like I've seen that number 88. Like it's so specific. It's not just some fan throwing four years, a hundred at the wall, like four years, 88 with a fifth year option is such a specific vesting, you know, quality that at a certain point you just have to look yourself in the mirror and go, feels like they probably talked about that number pretty recently, if not, you know, this week. And that if everyone seems to think that's where it settles, then guess what? That there's a pretty good chance that's where it settles. Yeah. And there, I think there's ways that they can obviously do this to make it a little bit creative. Like you said, four year 88, the fifth year option in that case would, I guess, be a $20 million option with a what four, eight, $8 million buyout. If you're doing four. Yeah. Or then yeah. I, I had suggested that you do a four million buyout there, so then it's four for eighty four. It's twenty one million dollars a year, and if he's producing or it's a vesting option, the best way to do it is a vesting option because you have the lower buy. You could do a lower buyout on the vesting option. It would give him a chance to meet the requirements to get the full twenty million. There's ways around it. I think it's fine. I'm not worried. I think they've discussed those deals internally, though. I don't think they mentioned that with him. No, but it is funny because like. Let's say, you know, let's say the fourth year is rough stuff and they decide to just cut bait on DJ LeMahieu, sad times, and pay him the $8 million buyout. I guarantee you he's getting at least $10 million on the open market for like one year at yeah. age 37. Yep. So he's going to, I mean, he's going to lose like $2 million off the original mm -hmm. offer. Like it'll, it'll be fine for all parties. Like it makes too much sense for that to not be the reality that we come across. Uh, but Aaron Boone illuminated a lot more in his, uh, in his spotlighted conversation on Tuesday. Uh, he brought up Giancarlo Stanton and, and talked about how the big man 
may not be the perma DH that we all sort of have become accustomed to this offseason in plotting out our, our grand plans for the roster. Uh, apparently, he, he was willing to be an active participant in the outfield last year, but the team sort of withheld him because they didn't want him getting injured again right before the playoffs. Uh, smart, honestly. There's nothing wrong with, you know, you don't want him to be fragile, but there's nothing wrong with protecting a, a fragile bat, especially one like Stanton who absolutely went off in the playoffs when they actually began. Uh, but if this was a full season, he probably would have found himself in, in the outfield at some point, which we maybe doubted uh, this offseason based on what we actually saw in 2020. So could Stanton, in your eyes, Thomas, be playing the outfield again next year uh, at places that are not Tropicana Field? And what options does that open up? Never Trop, never Toronto, nothing turf. Well, Buffalo, though. We're back in Buffalo, Buffalo maybe. Oh, so really? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Canada's not going to solve this by fucking May? Now that we have vaccinations involved, probably. But oh. you, I've, I heard Buffalo rumors. There are Buffalo rumors. Uh, all right, well, no Buffalo, no Toronto. I guess it doesn't matter. Either way, he's not playing anywhere involved with the Blue Jays if it's on the road. Um, I like Boone's comments. Look, I think the safest option for all of us and for the Yankees is to just – you just chalk Stanton into the DH role for seven years. That's just what it's going to be. Um, the Yankees went out and acquired him kind of knowing his limitations in terms of injury. He had degenerative knee issues for years with the Marlins. He had only played, I think, you know, maybe two years above like 150 games. So the warning signs were there. Now he's experiencing the soft tissue injuries um, over the last couple of years, but don't forget his 2018 was great and he played outfield. Um, and those 2019 and 2020 were largely, characterized by these injuries if he can get back on track and stay healthy I think 30 40 games in the outfield isn't entirely unrealistic um, especially if most of them are a good amount are coming at Yankee Stadium um, where he's probably the most comfortable at this point and that opens the door for other flexibility you know if we know I don't want to put I don't want to put this out there but we know an injury is going to happen Hicks's elbow is not great. We don't know if that's going to be a, something that's lingering or something that just limits him in general. So he might need some time to rest. I feel like there's going to be an inevitable Aaron judge injured list stint. So if you can, this, I, in my opinion, if this is a reality and he could play a third of his games or close to a third of his games in the outfield, this makes Kyle Schwarber a little bit more realistic. Guy coming off the bench, you could plop him in the DH. You could plop him in the outfield. You could do, whatever gives Aaron Boone a little bit more flexibility. Um, it gives Stanton a little bit more to, I guess, look forward to. I'm sure it's not that fun just being the DH for, you know, the next seven years, because that's kind of the, 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 the road he's looking down at this point after all that he's dealt with, but it'll be a good change of pace for him. Maybe it improves his strength and improves his agility and all that. And then it gives the Yankees some more options, whether it's in free agency or via trade, and it gives them more help if inevitably somebody goes down with an injury. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, it would be irresponsible to not plan for an injury at this point, um, whether you believe in Mike Talkman or not. Somebody like Mike Talkman's going to get a lot of ABs. So it's very helpful, whether you sign Kyle Schwarber or whether you don't, to know that Giancarlo Stanton is, is willing and probably able to play the outfield, at least for a little bit. Um, this is my main problem with the rotation, too. If, if you go out with the current rotation, it's already on the relatively weak end of things, but you have to plan for an injury. If you don't, you are doing yourself a disservice. 
which is why you cannot have Domingo Herman as your number two starter. Uh, that's simply ridiculous. And why I, you know, whether you believe he deserves a spot in the rotation for morality reasons, I personally would have loved to have seen the Yankees plan elsewhere. Um, but even if you think Herman is, is deserving of a rotation spot, you have to plan for the inevitable. And that's that someone is going to go down and unnecessarily elevate an unprepared pitcher into a more prominent role. And the same goes for the outfield. Uh, and the infield, honestly, which is why you need potentially an upgraded Tyler Wade. Uh, not planning for these insurance purposes is the downfall of most semi-good and not great teams. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Miguel Andujar got screwed once again by the Yankees brass. And the Yankees Pirates trade conversations are maybe not worth our time. Stick around. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So, Miguel Andujar. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms uh had a rough tuesday which you know kind of crazy no baseball happening tough for his already terrible 2022 have gotten worse uh but the super two designations were released which is basically when players have enough service time that they become arbitration eligible ahead of the normal schedule get paid quicker become free agents quicker uh clint frazier qualified narrowly got over the threshold Juan Soto of the Nats was the guy with the least service time that qualified. Um, but Miguel Andujar was five games short, uh, which means two things. It means the Yankees have kept him at $500,000 for an extra year. Uh, that's rough stuff for somebody who, who probably double that uh, in his first year of arbitration. At least he'd sneak over a million. Uh, but secondly, it makes the trade possibility all the more enticing we hate, you know, fans who care about control are embarrassing fans. But then again, an extra year of control for Miguel Andujar for whoever trades for him and wants to rehabilitate his image. And once again, this was the almost 2018 rookie of the year that we are talking about. Uh, it's baseball moves quick, man. If you don't stop around and take a look for a while, you just might miss it. Hashtag Ferris Bueller. Hashtag not my quote. But Miguel Andujar was, you know, the, a doubles. He set the rookie doubles record in 2018. He was a better hitter than Glaber Torres in many respects. Um, and now in 2020, we're just like, ah, we have an extra year of control on him. Does that maybe make the Brewers want to trade us a bullpen piece for him? Uh, Baseball is weird. His defense is, is terrible. It's objectionable. And he's never quite been the same hitter since that season because he tore his shoulder apart, because he never got playing time in 2020, because he was relegated to the alternate site. He was hot for exactly like a week in early September. I have no idea what Miguel Andujar is right now, but I do know that that extra year of control makes the trade of Miguel Andujar all the more likely and is the first like positive check mark in his column that he's had in a while. It's tough stuff for him. Um, do, you, do you become a free agent quicker with Super 2 status? I thought you just get a raise faster. Uh, I think you just – I think you're still <laughs> under – I think you're still under team control for six years. You just get paid at an accelerated rate. So your final year of pre-arbitration status just goes into ARB 1, and then you essentially have four ARB years. So your fourth ARB year would just be monstrous payment, kind of like Chris Bryant, I think, making like – 
Yeah. 24 million. Mookie Betts made 27 million last year in his final year of ARB when him and the Red Sox avoided the uh, the hearing and then he got traded to the Dodgers. So I think that's it. I just that, – That's what it sure. is. That's what it is. Okay. You, you usually get a salary bump after three years of service time. Yeah. These Instead of like the bullshit, two like two hundred thousand yeah. dollar raise after you know being an MVP candidate, um, system's broken. Uh, that's all we got to say about that. Maybe that could be for another pod if we want to go in. But anyway, yeah. So nobody gets Andujar for an extra year, but anyone yeah. trading for him would get another year of him at a ridiculously low salary. Yes. Yeah, so he'll be probably be making under a million dollars. It seems. I don't know. Well, we can look into that in a minute. But uh, this is this is on par with kind of the J.A. Happ situation. So how do I look at the J.A. Happ situation? Did the Yankees manipulate J.A. Happ to not make 10 starts? Sort of. They had a very good excuse to manipulate him to get to only nine starts <laughs> to not have the option best. Who that are you going to – in a shortened season – well, he actually had a good season. But anyway, I don't want yeah. him to – in the end, you want Garrett Cole pitching over Jay Happ uh, 1,000 times out of 1,000, and there's no question and there's no discussion around it. And that's what ended up happening with the COVID delays, uh, with the extra you know, rest for pitchers when these, when these happened. You're skipping over Happ to pitch Garrett Cole. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if you have a vesting option. I don't care if you feel like you're getting slighted. I'm sorry it turned out that way, but in a 60-game season – when you already have a very questionable rotation and you just signed Garrett Cole for $324 million, that's the guy that's starting over Jay Happ. Yankees similarly had that kind of situation with Andujar because Clint Frazier made his way this year to not make his status a discussion with the Yankees any longer. He's a starter in left field. That's the end of it. The secondary position for Andujar was left field after Gio Urshela bumped him off third base. There's no way you can really justify not playing Gio um, over Andujar at this point. He's better defensively. He's probably a better hitter. All-around better player. The issue at third base was the defense. It was not the bat, so case closed there. And then in the few instances Andujar had a chance to prove himself in left field, he did a very poor job. But then again, you can't ask for much of the guy. He missed almost all of 2019. He came into this year having to endure a position change. It didn't really work out. You can't really expect that to work out. You're coming off an injury. You got displaced at your starting position, and now you're kind of a roving individual, maybe coming off the bench, maybe not. He got options to the alternate site twice. His agent came out and had very not nice things to say about the Yankees, questioned the timing of it. He had some service time accusations in his statements, which – likely alluded to the super two status because like you said, Andujar missed it by five days. So partially a coincidence, partially not. I think the Yankees are sitting there. It's like, okay, why are we going to get him the super two status if he's sitting on the bench and not doing anything, but they weren't like, okay, we have clearly not that much of a better option, but we want to save money on Andujar. So let's send him down to the alternate site. It wasn't that, but they had the reasoning to do it and they did it. That's business. It sucks. I don't like it. Uh, but at the other end of the spectrum, what do you do if you're the Yankees? You just give him free money if he's not performing and if you have better options in the field. And that's the way I look at it. But I agree. I think this potentially accelerates trade talks involving him or you know his standing with the organization. His agent flat out said, 
whether it's with the Yankees or with it's not, Miguel Andujar deserves a starting chance on an MLB roster in 2021. So I don't know what that means. We will see. Yeah, the thing with the cost cutting and, and you know, it's sort of ruthless to send him down and, and save that money. But at the same time, think of it in the in the business sense way of like, why would you give an excessive raise to the 25th man on your roster when you could replace him with an equal adequate performer at the position like Tyro Estrada, like who was also having a terrible 2020 season, but cost less. Like I can have somebody be terrible for, for cheap. Like I don't really need to you to give a raise to the last man on the roster. And J Hap obviously turned his season around, but at the point in time when the Yankees were skipping his starts, you could certainly justify it as performance based. Like it was the beginning of the season and he looked terrible. So the Yankees skipped a start or two um, because they did not want him pitching. Like even if there were shady things behind the scenes, you got to admit uh, none of us in early August wanted J-Hab taking more starts than he needed to. And ultimately he fell one short uh, of that vesting option uh, for good reason. And also for, uh, for shady background dealings. Uh, so it's a little bit of both. We wish Miguel and Duhar the best, but it does feel like his time in New York is ending. Uh, and speaking of bats who need a change of scenery, Yankee fans who got their hopes up about Josh Bell and Jameson Tyon on the mound last week probably had to dash those hopes uh, on Tuesday when more details of those conversations came out. Uh, a Pirates beat writer was asked about the details of those conversations, whether or not those two players were actively being shopped, and why we heard about the conversations with the Yankees. If the Yankees had Luke Voigt in place, it was all a little confusing. Why is Josh Bell a part of the Yankees' future? Even if Voight stays, he's probably not. What's going on here? So a Pirates beat writer tried to clean it up by stating that, no, these players were not being shopped. The Yankees have approached the Pirates about them at various times. Uh, Josh Bell is still going to be highly valued as his all-star self from 2019 and not as the current version of Josh Bell, which wasn't very good in the back half of 2019 as well as throughout the entirety of 2020. And that the Pirates still view Jamison Tyon as an ace which is a crazy thing to view him as considering he has not pitched since 2019 and not, you know, with any regularity since 2018, at which point he was not an ace. So if there's no discount here on either player, especially Tyon, there's no real point in the Yankees pursuing either of them, which isn't great because we would love Tyon. He's sort of a great uh, three starter and a good fill in in the middle of this rotation. But if the pirates aren't offering him at any sort of discount and are pricing him as an ace, then what are we, what are we doing? Supposedly it was intelligence gathering by Brian Cashman, which is smart by him, you know, explore all the options possible to see what is in store for the Yankees on the trade market. But this is more pirates bullshit. You want to go back and talk about the Garrett Cole talks. We offered them and Duhar and Frazier reportedly for Garrett Cole. And they took a horse shit package from the Astros, Joe Musgrove as the, the headliner, Colin Moran, I guess, has panned out a little bit for them, but not even comparable to what Andujar, if he had a regular, you know, a regular uh, playing time at third base and Frazier in left field would have done for them. It's just, it's insane to even believe that they did that just just to blackball the Yankees because you know that's what happened I Pirates know... fans though Pirates fans told me last week that yeah. Joe Musgrove was better than Clint Frazier and I just I just want to say that he he isn't he's not anyway Gary uh, he's not he just thought he isn't whether I'm biased or not it's clear blackballing of the Yankees everybody you have to think at this point uh, rival GMs are 
hesitant to deal with Brian Cashman. He's not Rays-esque in terms of getting the upper hand in the deals, but, you know, he typically does not give up. He doesn't, he doesn't surrender a prohibitive price for somebody in a trade, and it ends up either working out for the Yankees or not being disastrous. Not being disastrous example would be Sonny Gray. We traded Jorge Mateo. Um, what's his name? You know him. Caprillion, James Caprillion, and, and Dustin Fowler. And Dustin Fowler. That's who I was thinking of. Traded those three guys for Sonny Gray. No skin off the Yankees' back. Trade ended up not working out for the Yankees. Didn't really help anybody. Mateo's already gone. I think Caprillion's rising up the ranks. But Fowler, I don't think, is is anything much with, with the A's either. So, um, And you also have to factor in that Ben Sherrington, former Red Sox general manager, is now running the show in Pittsburgh. So why would the Yankees ever get a favorable deal here? Um, nonetheless, if there's no discount on either of these players, that's just silly. Um, I'm not saying either of them are bad, but Josh Bell, if you look at his last, I guess, 100-plus games, he's not been playing well, and the Pirates are a small market team. I don't know if it's in their best interest to be paying rising arbitration costs. For Josh Bell when they're not contending um, and tie on two, 2.25 million great price, especially for the pirates. But like you said, seven starts since the beginning of 2019 hasn't pitched with any regularity in two years. And when he was pitching, he wasn't ace like, but they view him as someone with high upside and they have to be blown away in a deal to trade him. Just ridiculous stuff, um, but none the, But hey, guess what? Uh, this is potentially more bad news because if this is what, if this was the intelligence gathering stage for Cashman, and he's not getting uh, any sort of a buy low price on two guys who are trending in the exact wrong direction, then what's this trade market going to look like? That's that's what I got out of this. If the I know the Pirates are a different story because they're apparently a bunch of morons, but if they hear these talks leak and they see that there's no devaluation here, then what are other teams going to do with their potential trade candidates? Yeah. And who else is there? Like, I don't know. Th- that's why I was so attached to tie on only because the Yankees are going to have to pry a mid range op, a mid rotation option from somebody. And who is it? It's, it's nobody. It's like, we, we have some stuff going up later today uh, with some Cardinals targets and there's some undervalued starters on the Brewers, but most teams are either contenders or don't have trade assets. Like there, there aren't a lot of young controllable starters who are options. There aren't a lot of star starters either. We're sort of bereft of trade options. Yeah. And it's, I just don't know. And that that's why I was kind of confused. It was also intelligence gathering by Cashman. Cause it was like, this is actually a move Cashman would make. So why is this intelligence gathering? I guess he was seeing what, they would be willing to offer. Apparently they're not shopping them. So that's why it was more of a discussion of figuring out what the deal was, but I don't know. This is not great in terms of what the Yankees need because they do need to make a trade for a starter. And I don't really know who else is going to be moving a starter. I know you and I have been pitching these kind of under the radar trades. We have another one coming for you today with the St. Louis Cardinals, but I don't know what teams are going to be willing to offer. And I think that they're going to be, a little bit more hesitant to deal during this pandemic off season because they're afraid that other teams might be taking advantage of them or it's a way for other teams to cut costs. But then again, if you're looking at it from the team who's making the trade uh, from their perspective, they're going to want a bigger return because it's like, Hey, 
I'm saving the New York Yankees money. I want a bigger return for these guys. Like, what's the point of doing business with you? I'm not, I shouldn't be getting the, the short end of the stick. It's like making trades in fantasy, dude. Like we've been here how many times, every single time you have a trade discussion in fantasy, the other guy wants the leg up and you're, and I mean, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty reasonable dude. I'm just like, let's just make this fair. Every, every time somebody is making a trade, they're, fucking terrified that they're going to get the raw end of the deal, which just makes me think of the Wilpons. Cause that's how I felt like they've always, the Mets have always been. And hopefully that changes under Cohen, but this is, it's just Bush league stuff. It's like people being a At progressive. You can get 24 seven protection. Even if you break the space time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day. That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call progressive. Their 24 seven protection still works. Even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Trade they're going to look bad or what their perception is going to be if the trade doesn't work out. Make the trade, dude. It's tr- It's fun. Trading is fun, and if you don't have a long-term outlook for these guys and if you're not in contention, what's the point? What are you doing? You're just going to sit on them and, and let it go and let it be? Whatever. And meanwhile, every year I do a fantasy draft and somebody tries to trade with me like two weeks in and I'm like, I like the players on my team. I just drafted them. Why would I want to like, I just took these guys. I don't want to trade them. I don't want your stupid, I passed on your stupid team. Like you're offering (laughs) me guys I passed on. Why do I want to do that? Um, But it is more fun to trade. I mean, there is a guy available in the NL Central, uh, this S. Gray guy, uh, Sonny G. He was was pretty good in, in 2019. I guess we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But, yeah, if the Pirates are going to be the only team with available assets and they're treating them like this, uh, then it's going to be a bleak couple months. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We would love to have some more movement by the next time we reconvene on Friday morning for you, and hopefully we will be able to talk about real things that have happened instead of speculative fits and fits of rage. Um, until next time, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. And if you happen to be Pirates GM Ben Charrington, please let us know why you are the way that you are. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of stuff coming out for you to read for the rest of the week. Also, hit us up on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. We got snow coming if you're in the tri-state area. Stay safe. Probably don't go Christmas shopping if you do. Four-wheel drive at the end of the day. Glass of whiskey. Toesies by the fire. Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you on Pizza Friday. Yeah, hunker down, listen to this podcast 12 times, and pay respects to your FedEx drivers because they are the real heroes. See ya! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.